everybody, and welcome back to the Wisconsin Show Choir Download. I'm your host, William Soki, and this is episode number 76 of the download, and it is a competition weekly episode where I review and preview all things Wisconsin Competitive Show Choir. As always, the download is brought to you by Homeroom Show Choir, so make sure to go to homeroomshowchoir.com to get all of your national show choir content needs. The download is now also sponsored by Chexmix. Thank you to Chexmix for stepping up and providing me something to eat during my emergency Holman Live broadcast last week Saturday. For legal reasons, this is a joke. The download is not affiliated with Chexmix or General Mills in any way, but I did enjoy some nice Chexmix during the live episode on Saturday. Speaking of the live episode, Sometimes last year I did the live episodes before the weekly episodes, sometimes I did them later. I think my goal this year is going to just try and get the weekly episodes out, hopefully as soon as possible after the competition, and then do the live episode as kind of a later drop in the week. So right now I'm planning for the live episode dropping this week Thursday. This one will feature an interview with Drummond director Nick Kuka, along with an emergency broadcast for the time right after Prelim Awards. Lots to talk about there. And then a final interview with Judge Adam Peters, who was on the panel. That happened right before final awards. So with that, let's get right into the review portion of today's podcast. We are going to start with the lone out-of-state competitor from this past weekend. That was Lacrosse Central Grand Central Station, They were third at the Ankeny Centennial Mid-Iowa Show Choir Championships. They did pick up a pair of captions. They were the People's Choice, and then Nakia Chandana was one of the best soloists at that competition as well. They did beat Sioux Falls Jefferson in what I pegged to be a pretty competitive matchup for them, so I think that sets them up pretty well for this coming weekend at Onalaska, which we will talk about here in a handful of tens of minutes. We're going to move on to Holman now. This one drew most of the headlines from the state for last weekend, and I was there both days. It was a great experience. I was able to catch up with several people that I had not seen in a long time. Specifically, I got to touch base with Mark Kwame and Adam Peters, who were both big influences on me when I was in high school show choir, and so it was nice to reconnect with them for a little bit. And I also got to meet all three of Holman's directors, Kayla Shu, Katie Freeze, and Kevin Dugan. And I love all three of them, great people. So glad that I got to meet them. And I also got to meet so many of you. I know that I had definitely a few picture requests. I think Nina, Waconia, and maybe there are a couple other ones that I'm forgetting. But a lot of other people just coming up and saying hi, and I really do appreciate that from all the schools I did have a couple people either send their directors or just take photos of me from a distance. I do want to say I'm not that intimidating. You can approach me. You don't need to send an emissary to come and get me. So looking at you, DeForest kids and Toma kids, you are allowed to just come up and talk to me. I promise I'm not that intimidating. Anyways, I did wind up volunteering at the judges table. So it was kind of a last minute thing. They were looking for someone to help out at the judges table and I'm like wow that seems like a pretty posh gig I get to watch all of the shows from the exact same spot as the judges and you know that helps a lot when you're trying to make notes on all of the shows so with that we are going to 
touch on every single group that I saw over the course of the weekend. So this is one of my philosophies if you're a new download listener this year. I try and touch on everybody on the competition, not just the finalists or the headline getters. I think it's crucial that we recognize everyone's work. And so I'm going to start off with the fourth place middle school group, which was on Alaska in the middle. They won two captions, People's Choice and Best Costumes. I thought they had a really fun theme, which was a Seussical theme. It was kind of a one-for-one trade-off. Mayville's not doing a showsical this year, but then on Alaska in the middle is. And I didn't have a ton to talk about here. I definitely agree with the best costumes. And they had a little hand jive portion, which is always fun to see middle schoolers try and take on. The third place middle school group was West Salem's Crescendo. They won best closer and Lily Muhlenberg won a best soloist award. This was a really well-paced set in my opinion and their ballad sound was also really nice. I thought it was one of the better ballads out there for the middle school division. In second place was Onalaska's Top of the Middle. They won Best Choreography. They had a really nice Beatles set, which they said turned out to be a coincidence. For those of you who don't know the Beatles, or what's left of the Beatles, I guess, just dropped an album in November, I think, and so Top of the Middle had a Beatles set going before that. This one was more of like short selections of songs, but I think there were maybe six or seven in there, maybe a couple more. And this was definitely deserving of the Best Choreography Award. So many times I just kind of thought to myself, wow, this is really intense for a middle school group to be doing. So I definitely agree with the Best Choreography caption there. The winner of the middle school division on Friday night was Lacrosse Middle School's Star Power Alpha. They won Best Vocals along with Best Opener, Best Ballad, and Cooper Kepke took home a Best Soloist Award. They had a Survivor theme, which I thought was a little mature for middle schoolers to be taking on, but they did it all the way when they brought out the Tiki Torches. I just about died laughing because I don't know if the irony was lost on some of them or what, but it was just hilarious to see a bunch of middle schoolers parading around with Survivor Tiki Torches. And while they did win the Best Vocals Award, I did see that their cutoffs were sometimes a little here, there, and all over the place. But for the first weekend of the season, I thought that this was a very polished show. I don't disagree with the middle school results pretty much at all. Along with the middle schools, Holman's Midwest Connection also performed on Friday night. While I didn't really have a ton of notes about their show, I did think that they would have gotten a couple of the caption awards if they had been competing that night. I thought that they had the best costumes of the night by far, and their ballad soloist I thought really brought down the house. So Holman, while I don't know if they would have won the division or maybe even placed second, their peripheral aspects of the show were definitely where they needed to be. Moving on to Saturday, we're going to start out with the women's division. In third place, we have Monona Grove Silver Dimension and best choreography for that group as well. This group was a little bit on the smaller side, and I don't know if I disagree with the best choreography caption, but I didn't have a ton written down about it. The biggest thing that I thought needed to be done with this show is that the group just needed a little bit more vocal energy and vocal power behind it, which is obviously hard to do when you have not a lot of people, but there's obviously some stuff that you can do with projection there. In second place in the women's division was Sock Prairie YTBN. Seneca Royal took home a soloist award out of this division. I loved the tri-costume setup for their Bring It On theme, so that's YTBN's showsical this year. And the staging that Jennifer Galsvig done does for that group is spectacular. 
And in terms of the highs and lows of the show, I thought that the vocals were very tight as well. I thought that they maybe might have been able to take the vocals caption and the overall win away from the first place group, which was Sparta's Rise of Adrenaline. They took home the best vocals caption in the women's division. They were the first group out on stage, and from the very first four beats of the show, they definitely set the tone for the day. It was a pretty traditional, just like straight up sassy girls set with the vocals and the choreography to match it. One thing that I did find out after their performance, which is pretty interesting, is that roughly 10 to 15 of the 25 girls in the group are doubles, along with Sparta's varsity group Upstage Adrenaline. I'm not really sure if anybody else in the state does that, or at the very least to that extent does that. So that's just something to keep in mind as they go throughout their season is that the group has a little bit of a different makeup than a lot of other groups in their division. But then as for the results, I talk about this a lot in the live broadcast from Holman, but Sock Prairie was for me on top of the pile in terms of overall women's and prep groups last year. It'll be interesting to see where these two shake out along with Monona Grove, I guess at Onalaska this weekend, and obviously it was very tight. You see captions went to first and third, and second was right up there as well. So it'll be very, very interesting. You have an entirely new judging panel at Onalaska to see if the results stay the same or if the results change, and you never know if people might be tweaking their shows in there as well. Moving on to the prep division in fourth place was Drummond Jack Attack. They did a show based off of alternative rock hits of the 2000s, and... In my opinion, one of the hallmarks of their set was this huge iPod that was probably like six or seven feet tall. It was an iPod classic, and so it had uh, the wheel with the button in the middle and then a screen on top, and it actually did show the songs they were playing, and it had the progress bar to go along with it too, so I thought that that was phenomenal in terms of props. It was only one prop, but it definitely got the job done. The vocal and choreography tones were very stylistically appropriate. There were some more rockier, not grungier, but just kind of grittier songs in there. And so I thought they did well adjusting to the style of the music they were performing. Special shout out to Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol, which is just an absolutely iconic song that nobody really does on the show choir stage, but they did it and I thought they did it well. The one thing that I noted in terms of needing improvement is that while there's not choreography on every measure of this show, when you're just standing and singing, the stage presence definitely needs to be there you know, arms poised at the sides, chest up, head up, uh, facials, all of that good stuff. In third place in the prep division was Onalaska Express. They got best of vocals. And the first thing I thought when I saw them walk out on stage was, oh boy, this is the Umbrella Academy from the Hilltoppers in 2020. They recycled the same costumes. And it's crazy because Express was the first group out in the prep division. I thought, wow, this is a smaller Express group this year. And then I look and they have 50 performers. And I'm like, Yep, that just goes to show the tradition of excellence that Onalaska have. They did a year in the life of a high schooler set, so they're all pretty classic show choir songs, and I thought that it was a pretty typical first weekend prep show. You know, definitely a lot of potential there, but still a little bit rough around the edges. In second place was Medford Momentum, and the first thing I thought when they walked on the stage was, wow, this is Waconia Power Company's show from 2020, because... Their girls had Waconia's dresses from that show on for their first costume. I loved 
that they had an opener that was very tension filled and not just like burst of energy right away. And so it was a little bit of an unconventional pick, but I appreciated it. Their Carmen San Diego theme I thought was not innovative, quote unquote, in the technical sense of the word, but it was a super fun show that allowed them to do a couple of non traditional things. The biggest thing that I had down for Medford was just getting more breath support down in their vocals depth and trailing off at the end of phrases. And then also this looked like a show that could benefit from just running the show a few more times. The winner of the prep division was the DeForest DeFortes. They had a football-themed show, which I thought was very fun. You know, it's a long-running joke in show choir that, oh, what's that sports ball thing that happens in the gym on all the other weekends that we're not in it? But they actually did do a football show, and I loved it. Perhaps it's just because I go to college in a town that has an NFL team, but hey, I mean, I did fall for it. They won the best choreography caption in the prep division, and I thought there was very well-deserved. You know, everything just looked so natural. I wrote down in my notes, I said, there's a reason Ben Schrank is a well-known and popular choreographer in the state of Wisconsin, and he just choreographed a great show for them. This one, the vocals definitely needed touching up a little bit. They needed a lot more balance with the band and then also more depth of the sound as well. And in terms of points, this one was very interesting, this division, because Onalaska Express got minus 45 points for a time penalty, which means they were somewhere in the vicinity of between two and three minutes over the 25-minute time limit. So in terms of raw points, Onalaska Express actually won the division with 565 points, and then DeForest with 542.5, Medford with 536.5, and Drummond with 515. The interesting thing, though, is that all of prelims was also scored on consensus ordinal ranks. So in terms of where the shows were ranked for the judges, DeForest was 14th, 17th, and 17th overall throughout the day. Medford 17th, 19th, and 19th. Onalaska 21st, 20th, and 20th. And then Drummond 19th, 20th, and 21st. And so consensus ordinals is too long of a process to talk about in a loaded show choir episode. But the gist of it is that groups are placed not based off of the points directly, indirectly based off of the points. The judges score choirs and then those are turned into ranks. And then the ranks are what determine the placings. So if you look at simply who the judges had as the best remaining show, and the other thing that was interesting is that while the choirs were separated into divisions at prelim awards, they were all scored on the same sheet for consensus ordinals. So DeForest, I think, was actually like the 15th or 16th overall ranked choir throughout the day. And so it comes down to who is the top show that the judges have left. So we'll talk about this a little bit more in the varsity division. But even though Onalaska had a 21st and 220s, they were still ahead of Drummond, who had a 19, a 20, and a 21, because multiple judges that were left had Onalaska above Drummond. So that was that. And then in terms of if you look at if there was no time penalty, Express would have cleared the field because they would have been rated higher than DeForest by all three judges. They were rated lower than DeForest by all three judges after the time penalty. And so it would have been close, but Express would have won first place. And so that'll be definitely something to keep an eye on for when Express heads to West Salem later in the year 
in two weeks. There is no prep division at West Salem. There is just simply one varsity division. There's no women's division either, which is kind of crazy. It's just all one varsity division. We'll talk about that when the time comes, but a two to three minute time penalty, especially if you're shooting for a low finals bid, can definitely tank that really quickly. All right, moving on to the varsity division now. In 14th place was Mayville. I had mixed feelings from them, not doing a showsical this year. They're doing a rags to riches theme. Their second number was Money, Money, Money by ABBA, and I thought that there was a really nice arrangement. It was drastically different than the original song, but I thought it worked really well as a second number. They brought the stage presence even in the quote-unquote rags costumes where they didn't perhaps have the best attire to work with in terms of stage presence, but I thought they definitely did that. This was one of the better groups for facials in my opinion. The biggest thing is that the show just needs vocal and choreography polish, choreography cleaning, and then the vocals just knowing that as volume increases, intensity can decrease and then vice versa. When you have a softer period, the intensity needs to be there in terms of diction and vowel shape and all that. I actually had them ranked eighth, and so we are going to talk about time penalties for the varsity division a little bit later but I thought this was definitely a better show than last place in the varsity division. In 13th place was West Salem. They did a Be Real theme, which is a very new theme. It was not a theme that would have been done a couple years ago at all. The choreo I thought was decently clean here, except that it wasn't overly complex, and I think that when you're just going up against so many good varsity groups, that does hurt you a little bit. Vocally, it was a little bit in need of blend and balance. And then just band-wise, I noticed that their horns didn't play for two entire songs, which was a little bit weird. They trotted out a really nice like five to six person horn section. And then the horns just kind of sat through most of the back half of the set without really playing at all. So I'm like, if you have the horns, just go and use them. And that goes for everybody. If you have band, people use them in all the songs. In 12th place was South St. Paul. They had a cool theme, which was Sweet Dreams, but the sweetness was in candy. However, the front half of the show was just super dark. They were all like black costumes and kind of dreary songs, and I really kind of failed to connect with the song at all. It was fundamentally an okay set. I don't have really a ton to write home about in terms of either vocals or choreography, except that I could have used a little bit more of a deeper, more mature sound out of this group. In 11th was Nina and Vintage had a lot of questions going into this event in terms of like how will they be in relation to last year when a lot of people think that they may have had a down year and such. And the biggest thing I wrote down is that hit after hit just kept coming to them in the ballad from the audience. I think like someone dropped something and made a loud noise and then there was a baby crying or something. But they just kept powering through it, which was good. I wrote down Welcome to Ripple Land and Dominic Mattis being from California I don't know if you would associate that with a lot of ripples, which are traditionally Midwest staple, but I did write that down. I wrote down not quite where the top five choirs of the day are, but piecing it together better than the rest of the field. And I had them in sixth place at the end of prelims, but Nina also got a time penalty and we'll talk about that later. I did say that the energy towards the back end of the set did need to get a little bit better for me to be fully confident and like Nita would have claimed that sixth spot. In 10th place was Monona Grove. You know, this was a group that I was really high on before the competition. I said, put them in your showchoir.com predictions, all of that. And I was a little bit underwhelmed by Silver Connection. 
I'm not really sure what happened here. It looked like a really super small group compared to some Silver Connections that I've seen in the past. They did perform before lunch along with Reedsburg and West Salem in the varsity division, so they were separated from the field a little bit. They were the first group of the day, I wrote down, that really did the levels and facials. The biggest issue that their show faced was that every single amp in their band was turned up like two or three clicks too much. I just simply could not hear the choir for a lot of this set, especially their ballad Golden Hour, which is looking to be a very popular pick in show choir land this year. There was a decent sound in there, I just couldn't hear it for most of the time, and that's the ballad where you're really supposed to feature the vocals. And obviously it's a different scenario with every gym that you go to, but you would hope that with Silver Dimension going earlier in the morning, you could at least get a grip on where your amps would need to be in order for the audience to be able to hear the choir. In ninth place was Plymouth Momentum, and Plymouth came out and they did their brand of show choir. It was a very interesting story show in my opinion, and the great thing about this is that Plymouth had been known in the past for very extravagant moments. You think of like the fall off of the very tall box on the top riser from the past. And this year they did it all with just simply one disappearing box on the first riser. So good job for doing more with less. And Plymouth, the biggest thing that I wrote is that their vocals really were there in terms of whereas with a lot of other groups, I'm like, oh, I need more blend, I need more depth. The vocals for Plymouth were pretty solid in my opinion. The choreography also, it was a very flowy, very kind of trademarky, different kind of choreography than a lot of other groups, and I think that set them apart. Along with the theme not being a novelty because we've had a Be Real set and a Sunset and just kind of all of these novelty sets at Holman, and Plymouth had an actual story show that you had to interact with throughout, so I think that that played in their favor as well. Considering that I put them in the 12th to 14th bracket coming in, I was pretty surprised with how well they did and I was ecstatic to see them prove me wrong and wind up ninth on the overall score sheet. And even if you put Nina and Mayville ahead of them with no time penalties, that still means that they're 11th. And so they're not in that 12th to 14th range, which is, hey, good if you're reading my expectations. Moving on to the eighth place varsity group, we have Toma and here's where we get into the caption awards. Best band, Cami Murray taking home a best soloist award, the best dressed band, the people's choice, and the spirit of competition. You know, I talked to someone who had seen Toma's show, I think on Friday night, and I said, hey, I said, I saw you were working with Toma a little bit. How's Toma doing this year? And this person said, Toma is going to be Toma. And that statement proved very true. It was a very interesting set about Popeye the Sailor and a love triangle. It had these big moments, but I kind of wanted more from the rest of the set that wasn't the big moments. The song with the soloist just kind of killed all of the momentum that the set had. I thought it was a little bit contrived at certain points. And really what I wanted more of was consistently more during the dance breaks and more vocal depth when there aren't these huge crescendo moments. So Toma, I did have them slightly on the outside of finals. I just didn't think that they had as fundamentally sound of a set as Nina did. So these two groups, I don't know if they'll see each other again, but in a showdown of Holman's one and two split captions last year, neither of them making finals, which is 
incredibly interesting. And obviously, this is a rare situation. We covered that last week. But super duper interesting that year one and two don't make finals. And I did, however, very much see how Toma got the vocals and Nina got the choreography last year. Still the same groups this year. Old habits die hard. Between the two, I would have definitely given Toma the vocal edge and Nina the choreography edge. The third place group from last year, which flew a little bit under the radar in a lot of people's talking about this competition, was Logan. And Logan wound up as the seventh place group. They took home two captions, best groom, best costumes. And I did hit the panic button on Friday night when I saw that Logan only had 29 performers that were going to be taking the stage on Saturday. I'm like... I know they're in the up the creek with a paddle category, but I don't really know how far they're going to be able to go. And the answer to that was very far. Not finals far, but still very far. I did talk to a few people from Logan on Friday night. They seemed very optimistic about their chances. And I have to say, it was good that they backed that up. There's just a lot going on in this set for 29 people. They're doing an Alice in Wonderland story set with Aaron Gotts as the main character. She picked up at least one Best Soloist award last year, maybe two. And the changing choreographers to, I believe, Ben Eklund is serving them pretty well this year. I thought that the vocals were a big separating factor here as well, whereas a lot of other groups kind of ran into that early season problem of you're running out of energy at the end of your phrases and at the end of your set. I thought that Logan really excelled in this category. They were a pretty disciplined vocal group. The main thing vocal-wise is that I just wanted a little bit more harmony from that. And I know that that's just how the arrangements are written, but there were certain points where I'm like, okay, I know that you only have 29 singer-dancers, but I feel like you could be handling sections of more harmony. And so that's a good sign, though, if that's my biggest vocal critique of the group. And I think that... A lot of people, if they were expecting Logan to just kind of get swallowed up in a large mix of varsity choirs here, all of a sudden the outlook on Logan changes a lot. And all of a sudden some of these competitions around lacrosse that are big competitions go from, oh, Logan maybe has an outside shot at finals to Logan is right in the thick of things and you should definitely respect them as such. Looking at points for prelims, and we're going to talk about scoring again here. Waconia led the way with 640 points. Cedar Rapids, Washington, 617.5. Sauk Prairie was third with 613.5. Onalaska, fourth with 607. Sparta, fifth with 598. And then Logan was actually sixth in points with 591.5. Nina was seventh in points at 591. Reedsburg was eighth in points at 586. And then you go down to Toma at 585. Plymouth, 581.5. Mayville 574, Monona Grove 567.5, West Salem 558, and South St. Paul 557. So the couple interesting points here is that obviously number one, points were not used to determine finalists. Ordinal ranks were used to determine finalists, and so that is very interesting that you would have seen a Logan in finals not withstanding the Ordinal ranks, and notwithstanding the time penalties, you definitely would have seen Nina in finals because Nina got a 30-point time penalty, and so all of a sudden that shoots Nina up to, well, maybe the score sheet I looked at didn't have the time penalty written in, because I don't think they would have been the second-place show. Maybe that 591 from Nina is not with the time penalty, so we're going to go with that. We're going to do a quick correction on the fly here. So 
Nina still very close to finals, notwithstanding the time penalty, and we'll talk about that a little bit in the Onalaska preview that's coming up here. In terms of ordinal ranks, so the top five pretty much set in stone from Wilconia down to Sparta. And then the interesting thing is that Reedsburg was five and a half points behind Logan for sixth, but two of the three judges had Reedsburg ranked in sixth place, and that was the kicker. Toma had one, and nobody else had a top six placing. I'm pretty sure most of the other groups were pretty consistently ranked in the top five, just in differing orders, maybe a, a touch group here or there in the top six, but Reedsburg was the most consistent of the placings. And what's interesting is that with no time penalties, you look at Nina and they would have probably just been right there. And then Mayville is definitely a better show than 14th place. They outscored the bottom three groups in the division by a pretty wide margin. And I think that, you know, as long as you can clean that up, which is definitely a bigger said than do kind of thing, it's not the panic button kind of season for the Cardinal Singers that some people may be talking about right now. Moving on to talking about the finalists. In sixth place was the Reedsburg Corlears, and a massive shout out to Reedsburg for clearing the absolute scrum of people coming for that sixth final spot. I think it was pretty clear after the day round that even though I put Sparta in the right in the thick of it category, that they were much closer to making finals than not making finals. So Reedsburg came through and got that sixth finalist spot. Ariana Noga picked up a best soloist award as well. If I had to describe this set in a single word, I would call it cute. They had sketchers. They had a tree house that I thought was going to fall down on off of the top riser. I didn't have a ton to write home about in the finals field. They were definitely outmatched a little bit by the top five choirs, but I would say that it's still a tremendous step in the right direction for Reedsburg. Talked about them in the preview episode. Is this the start of another upswing for Reedsburg? So far this season, the answer is yes. Sparta's upstage adrenaline is in fifth place, and I think at this point Sparta has trademarked the burst of energy in the first measure of the opener. Just last year it was right there, and then this year it was right there as well. All the right moments for the show was there. This was definitely a show that peaked at the beginning and the end. The middle was not quite to the level of the opener and closer. It wasn't an innovative set for the most part, besides for having Stairway to Heaven as the ballad pick. But it's definitely a dangerous show, and while the placements may not signify a step up from last year in terms of where they would have been relative to a bunch of groups, I think the numbers show that they're definitely making another step up and that they are ready to contend on an elite level this year. In fourth place was Sock Prairie Executive Session. They are doing an all-shook upset this year, and I really liked the approach that the show design had this year. There were no really super main characters who had a ton of the solos throughout the set, and there was a good balance of both individual and group choreography. The biggest thing that I wrote down is that there is no slow start for Sock Prairie this year. They came out with a super tight show in prelims, and deservedly so, they were in third place. They were ahead of Onalaska points-wise, not ordinal ranks-wise, but placing-wise. They were ahead of Onalaska in prelims. And I sat there and I'm thinking, you know, this could be one of the sock sets. People talk about Big Fish. People talk about the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. This could be one of the sock sets that people talk about for a long time to come. We'll see where the show ends up at the end of the year, but it was a tight show with room to grow, and I think that should scare the rest of Wisconsin. In third place was Cedar Rapids Washington Momentum. 
They took home the Best Ballad Award, which was awarded at the end of prelims. I've thoroughly enjoyed my first taste of Cedar Rapids Show Choir, and also it had been so long since I'd seen a Mike Weaver choreographed group. I can't even remember the last time I saw a Mike Weaver group. So big shout out to Cedar Rapids, Washington for having me enjoy Mike Weaver choreography. I 100% agree with the best ballad. Caption, their ballad had far more vocal depth than anybody else. It was just this traditional Iowa choral sound that you can try to describe, but you don't really know what it is until you see it, and Wash was the exact epitome of that. In my opinion, I thought Washington should have got the best caption awards. I usually don't particularly enjoy shows about death, but this one was at the very least bearable for me because of how good the singing and dancing was. The show kind of fell in the same boat as Sparta, where the opener and closer were really tight. The ballad was awesome too. Their one Achilles heel was just their single gender features. Their guys and girls numbers need some work. But after that gets accomplished, I would see them going really far this year. And moving up to second place, we'll have the Onalaska Hilltoppers. It's interesting because Onalaska did claim the best opener award, and they were behind Cedar Rapids, Washington in ordinal ranks and prelims. So they managed to jump Washington. And I'm not entirely surprised because while the Hilltoppers show had a number of fantastic things about it, the blocking throughout the show was phenomenal, the costumes were great, the soloists were great as always, it seemed like it was a 98% executed show from the Hilltoppers, and I made such a big stink on last week's episode about, Onalaska always comes in at 100%, Onalaska has this track record of success at Colby behind them. And then they came out and I was watching them during prelims, and I'm like, there's just something that's not clicking, and it found its way there in the back half of the set. But... I was not surprised to see Onalaska behind Cedar Rapids, Washington in ordinal ranks, and then also behind Sauk Prairie in points. So if you look at points-wise, they jumped up two spots during finals. They definitely found that extra 2 to 3%, but it was not enough to catch Waconia Power Company first place, best vocals, best choreography, and best closer. They were the clear class of the field all day. It's very telling when you get a 15-point time penalty in prelims, and you still come out on top substantially in points and in ordinal ranks as well. The globe dress moment at the start of the opener when half the group emerges from this gigantic dress that one of the main characters has on is going to be one of the moments in Minnesota show choir for a long time. I loved the single gender features. It was a very high point compared to a lot of shows where that still needed a little bit of work. And for a lot of the show, I just kind of sat back there and I watched it because it was really tight. It was great. Kevin Chase is phenomenal at what he does. I've said it before and I'll say it again. When I tried to find a flaw, I'm like, maybe the diction was a little bit lacking at points, but that was me kind of reaching. thought it was a really tight show. They've kind of developed a mini quote unquote rivalry with Onalaska just because they see each other a lot of places and they're at a similar level a lot of years. It's very clear right now that they're a step ahead of Onalaska. And when they come back to Wisconsin at Milton in two weeks' time, you should be prepared for them to take home a lot of hardware again. Performing an exhibition was Holman's Midwest Express. They're doing a duck pond theme this year, and I will say this one was not a totally accessible theme to me. I needed to read the program to get it. In contrast to some bands where I'm like, you're not using your horns enough. Holman had a fantastic horn section. And touching on Kevin Chase again, Kevin Chase plus a drumline feature in the closer was a absolutely wild moment for the show, and this set I thought got better as it went along. You know, this is 
a little bit of a mid-sized group this year compared to a lot of groups that were on the stage. So I don't particularly know if Midwest Express would have made finals, but I heard that just along with everyone else, they've made a lot of progress during the week leading up to Holman, and they're probably going to continue that trajectory onto Onalaska as well. And so thank you to Midwest Express also for being super gracious hosts. And I just want to wrap this up by saying again, thank you to everybody who either chatted with me or asked me for a photo or took a photo of me without asking. I appreciate it all. And it was just super great to be back in the thick of things. I think like 11 plus Holman of, so 12 of Wisconsin's 27 varsity groups were there, which is I mean, almost half the field, and so that's almost half the state that I've knocked out seeing already this year, and so I love being able to do that this early in the season as someone who likes to review all of the shows. And so with that, we will move on to the preview portion of the episode. We're 40 minutes in. I'm so sorry for those of you with short attention spans. We're going to start with the Janesville Craig preview night, which I completely blanked on last year, and I'm not going to blank on it this year. This one is on Thursday night, the 11th, and features Janesville Edison, Janesville Craig Spotlighters, and then both of the Fort Atkinson groups and the Milton groups. This is a non-competitive show, so if you're in the Janesville, Milton, Whitewater kind of area, would highly encourage you to go and see five competition shows from this year. Talking more about Janesville Craig, they are the lone out-of-state group competing this week. They will be at the Muscatine River City Showcase. And so Iowa is always a little bit hard to handicap. Janesville will be competing in Iowa's 4A division, which is their top enrollment division. In terms of where they stand, Janesville, as I said in my preview episode, is one of the groups with the most question marks this year, an entirely new creative team and everything like that. So even if I knew exactly where they would stand, it wouldn't be an easy competition to handicap since I don't know what they'll be. I'm not even going to do predictions for this. All I know is that Ankeny, Visual Adrenaline, and Pella Acapella are probably going to come out with really strong shows. I would expect them to be the one and the two at this competition. And then after that, you just kind of have a jumble of groups. You have Iowa City West, you have Benton Community, you have Des Moines Christian right there in the thick of things, probably right alongside there with Janesville Craig. And then I wouldn't count out Ankeny's Prep Group, Perpetual Motion, or Davenport West, West Connection. So honestly, I'm going to just hope for a finals bid for Janesville Craig, but if they don't make finals, I'm not going to hit the panic button because it's Iowa and there are plenty of good groups. You know, this is probably the third most competitive Iowa competition of the week, and it is still incredibly stacked by Wisconsin standards. So good luck to Janesville Craig as they take on Muscatine. So for the in-state competitions this weekend, Burlington has been canceled. For those of you who missed that, in one of the preview episodes, it is because most of the Bejazzled members would be on a trip at that point in time, and so obviously it's hard to run a show choir competition if you don't have kids to run homerooms and a host group to perform an exhibition and everything like that. So I presume that we will see the Chocolate City Showcase back next year, but for the time being, Onalaska is it for competitions in the state this year. Onalaska trotting out one of their signature stacked lineups. On Friday night in the middle school division, we have both of the groups from the Lacrosse Middle School, Star Power Alpha and Star Power Omega, as well as Sock Prairie's Soaring Sound, West Salem's Crescendo, Holman's Midwest Connection, and Onalaska in the middle and top of the middle. This is usually a non-competitive middle school division, so I'm not going to handicap it here. Just keep in mind that three of these groups were at 
Holman actually well, I guess technically five if you count the host performances. But you had Lacrosse Tower Power Alpha, West Salem Crescendo, and Holman Midwest Connection already hit the stage. So if it does turn out to be a competitive division, you can lean a little bit on that. Saturday, we're going to start out with the women's division. This is a monster five group women's division. So we see all three groups that we saw at Holman this past week Sparta Rise of Adrenaline, Monona Grove Silver Dimension, and Sauk Prairie YTBN, along with Milton Octave Above and Omaha Westside Simply Irresistible. In my opinion, this is Simply Irresistible's division to lose. We talk a lot about how strong all three of the wins groups are that competed at Holman last week. And even though this will be Westside's first competition of the year, you know, this is just kind of how Westside does things. They're the most storied Nebraska show choir program for a reason. They go out there and they perform well and they win divisions and competitions. So I'd be very surprised if Simply Irresistible did not win this division. The much more interesting thing to me is the two through five. We have three women's groups who were not separated by very much at Holman last week. And we have Milton Octave above trying to play spoiler here. So to me, I would perhaps still put my chips in with Sock Prairie YTBN. I would say that that loss was very uncharacteristic of them, especially not getting any captions. And I would expect them to, at the very least, challenge Sparta this week and perhaps even pass them up. But you also never know who's going to make changes off of their first competition. It's just so difficult, but in the end, I think I am going to pick Sock Prairie to come out on top of the scrum of Wisconsin women's choirs. In the prep division, the only choir there is Nina Act 2, so unfortunately, that is it. They did only have Cedar Rapids Jefferson in division last year along with them, and Cedar Rapids Jefferson is not at Onalaska this year. So unfortunately, an empty prep division for Nina Act 2, but hopefully some good critique notes and review before they hit the stage again. All right, we're going to hit the varsity division here. In an exact match of Holman, there are 14 groups from the varsity division this week. From the out-of-state contingent from Minnesota, we have South St. Paul coming to Wisconsin for the second week. We have Bemidji also coming in from Minnesota, and from Nebraska, we have Omaha Westside. So if you listen to the Holman Competition Weekly episode last week, you'll know that I put the choirs in five groups. I put them in groups that have a good chance of winning the competition, groups that should make finals, groups in the muskrat fight to make finals, groups up the creek with a paddle, and groups up the creek without a paddle. And so I thought, well, we've got 14 groups here again. We are just going to go with the exact same setup. And so I'm going to go through this in the groupings that I think are least interesting and then go through to the most interesting. So we're going to start off with groups that have a good shot to win the competition. And in this group is Omaha Westside Amazing Technicolor Show Choir. Okay, in all seriousness, this is Westside's competition to lose. I expect them to take home every major caption. Doran Johnson just runs such a tight ship every year. I remember going to Onalaska in 2019 and seeing Westside, and up until last year, that remained the top performance I'd ever seen live. So Westside is penciled in, and I have my pen out ready to go to write them in firmly as the winners of this competition. Next, we're going to go to the groups that are up the creek without a paddle. In this grouping, I have West Salem, South St. Paul, and Milton. And West Salem and South St. Paul were the bottom two groups without time penalties at Holman last week. And then Milton, their only finals appearance was kind of by default at Janesville Craig last year. And they didn't really show me anything. 
that would tell me that they are in serious contention to make finals this early in the season and make a turnaround. They do have an entirely new creative team, Abby Landrum stepping up and Kevin Chase coming in as choreographer this year. Great people at the helm. I just don't think Milton will be able to get there in a field this deep. We're going to go back up top to groups that should make finals. And in this category, I have Sock Prairie Executive Session, Sparta Upstage Adrenaline, and Lacrosse Central Grand Central Station. All three of these groups turned in very good performances for where I thought they would be at last weekend. And unless one of these three takes a pretty major step back, we saw Sparta and Sock Prairie pretty much clear the field. And a lot of these choirs are the same choirs as there was at Holman and Lacrosse Central beating Sioux Falls Jefferson. I saw Sioux Falls Jefferson last year, and I feel pretty confident with Lacrosse Central beating them this year that Grand Central Station will be once again looking for a top two placement like they were last year at this event. We are now going to go to groups that are up the creek but with a paddle, and so there are three groups in this division. I have Monona Grove, Eau Claire Memorial, and Holman, each of these coming in with a little bit of a different scenario. Monona Grove was the 10th place group at Holman last week. I thought they had some pretty big issues that could be rectified pretty quickly, namely balance with the band. There are some other issues that are going to take more time to develop. It just depends on how many of those issues they can fix before this competition. They probably aren't going to fix all and seriously challenge, but if they have a lot of rehearsals this week, I wouldn't count it out. Eau Claire Memorial is a group that nobody's seen on stage yet this year, and there's nothing here on paper that at least that would inspire a ton of confidence in me to put them in the finals fight. The only thing is it's another new season for them. I think that they are perpetually on the doorstep of making that next step up, and I'm just putting Eau Claire in this category here because I think, yet again, they are on the doorstep of making that next step up. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But I think that at the very least, they have the potential to do that. The final group in this category is Holman. They were an exhibition performance twice at their home competition this past weekend, and while they weren't scored or anything like that, I think it would have been an outside shot for them to make finals. I think that they weren't too far behind. Toma, Logan, and Nina kind of in that 6-7-8 range, or I should say 7-8-9, but I think that they were just a touch behind, but also it's early season and a lot of groups are making a lot of progress fast, so Holman I would not be surprised to see in the thick of that finals fight as well. We're going to go to the final category of groups now, and this is groups that are in the muskrat fight. So if you count Westside and then Sauk Prairie, Sparta, and Lacrosse Central, that leaves two final spots left, and I have four groups in this category. The first group I have is Bemidji Vocal Motive, who won this competition last year, and so you may say, whoa, 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 why are you putting the winner of this competition last year in the Right in the Fight group? And that is because Bemidji has had a complete turnover. Bemidji's longtime director, Chris Fettig, has retired, Gunnar Ace is now the main director of Vocal Motive. April James is no longer the choreographer Kevin Chase is in. Been talking about him a lot this episode, but that's just how it goes some weeks. And Bemidji just comes in with a lot of question marks. Too many for me to put them in the solidly in finals tier. I think that if they go out and they retain most of that Vocal Motive form that they had last year, it will be enough for them to make finals. 
However, as we've seen, Sauk Prairie Sparta and Lacrosse Central are all coming fast. And so if Bemidji doesn't have that, they are very quickly perhaps on the outside looking in. The second group in this category is New London Vision. This is a group that has not appeared at Onalaska in a very long time, at least not in my memory, and that spans back a pretty good ways. And so this is a new experience for them, no measuring stick as to where they were at last year at this competition. And the reason I put them in this group is that I'm banking on them taking another step forward from where they were last year. This is a group similar to Sparta that's just been making leaps and bounds and strides over these past couple years, and so I hedged a bet on Sparta being better than they were last year last week, and it paid off, and I'm going to hedge on New London being better than they were last year, and hopefully they will prove me right and at least be in the fight for finals. The last two groups in this category are Nina and Logan, and Logan was in finals if Holman had done finals based off of raw points, and so that's definitely something that they should keep a lot in their back pocket. There are a lot of little tricks in this set that I think may play well to the judges here. And Nina, I thought, had a very fundamentally solid set. The vocals left something to be desired, but the choreography especially was finals-level choreography. The biggest thing is, how do you eliminate two minutes of time out of your set? You know, with the time penalties with Waconia, they had by far the most stuff, so I'm not surprised that they got a time penalty. However, they were less than a minute over. With Mayville, they loaded on and then their band had pretty significant issues, so I could see how they can rectify that pretty quickly. Same thing, I believe, for Unalaska Express. For Nina, it didn't really seem like their band had a ton of trouble loading on or that there was a big hang-up before the set. If anything, I thought that their set was perhaps a little bit longer, just music time-wise, than some other sets. So that's going to be the big question is, number one, does Onalaska still do time penalties? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen time penalties at Onalaska in the past. I believe Waconia actually got bitten by one a handful of years ago. And then if the answer to question number one is yes, question number two is how is Nina going to circumvent that? They have two options. Number one is obviously you'd find a way to cut two minutes out of the set. Or number two is that you work so much on improving your vocals, choreography, and miscellaneous things that you accumulate the sheer number of points that you're going to be able to take a time penalty and still be in finals. I think eliminating the option of a time penalty and being under time is the much safer route to go, but that's just simply what we have here with Nina. All right, time to move on to the showchoir.com prediction tip of the week. This is, as of right now, still a limited time segment. I didn't have a ton of feedback on it, so I'm going to make that the Spotify Q&A for this episode. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, there's going to be a question next to the episode. So just share your thoughts. Do you think this is helpful? Do you play the predictions game? Do you think it's a good use of time as I'm rambling on for close to an hour here? Could I spend the time a better way? Just let me know your thoughts, and we'll see if we keep it or ditch it for the rest of the season. The predictions currently line up pretty well with what I was actually thinking here, with the exception of Bemidji in second, and that's understandable with them winning the competition last year, and their reputation definitely precedes them. So Omaha Westside in first, and then Bemidji in second, and then Sauk Prairie is actually in third here, slightly ahead of Lacrosse Central, 
and then you have Sparta in fifth, and Monona Grove is currently in sixth. And so if I had to tell you something here, I would say, obviously, take the four groups that I say are going to be for sure in finals. So that would be Westside, and then Sauk Prairie, Sparta, and Lacrosse Central. Two, three, four is pretty much anybody's guess. And then I would say just go with your gut on the five and the six. And I'm leaving this a little bit open-ended just because there are so many pathways that I discussed in that fight for finals group. Nina's got to eliminate a time penalty. Logan is right there on the doorstep. New London's coming in as an unknown, but with an upward trajectory. And then Bemidji is coming in with a hot hand last year, but a lot of question marks. And so whatever you thought was the most convincing line of reasoning in your head, go with that and we will see if it pays off. So as for my personal predictions, in sixth place, I have Bemidji Vocal Motive. You know, old habits die hard. And even if the new season for Bemidji isn't everything that they hope it will be, I think that there is enough of that legacy and that tradition of excellence there that Bemidji will qualify for finals here. I just have them on the bottom here. In fifth place, I have New London. I have them taking a step up from where they were last year. You know, this is a very tough competition for them to qualify into finals to. Their next one at Sauk Prairie is going to be the same story. And if they make a finals berth here, this really sets them apart from a lot of the other varsity groups in the state. In fourth place, I have Sparta Upstage Adrenaline. You know, this is a phenomenal show this year. I just still think that it is a couple steps behind both of the shows directly ahead of them. So third place is Lacrosse Central Grand Central Station. They were second place here last year and they beat Sauk Prairie. I think it's going to be a little bit of a different story here this year. You know, I'm loving their state fair theme. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to stand up to Sauk Prairie, who I have in second. They had a really tight show and obviously things can always fall off at a certain point. But if Sauk Prairie comes out and does what they did at Holman, I think they're pretty solid number two here. And then number one with all of the major captions that they will award, I mean, take crew or costumes or whatever out of it. But in terms of vocals, choreo, and band, I would expect Omaha Westside to take home pretty much everything on that probably roughly six-hour drive back to Omaha. As I touched on at the top of the episode, the live interviews from Holman will be coming this week Thursday, so watch your podcast feeds for that. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. On the Instagram front, meme page coming Friday. I did have a couple of memes submitted in the aftermath of this weekend's competitions. And if you haven't submitted one yet and you're thinking about doing it, this is your sign to submit a good meme. And another shout out goes to Hawken, the founder of showchoir.com. He made a nice little podcasts section on the very main page of showchoir.com. And so that was phenomenal just to see that. And a special thank you goes out to everyone who listened to last week's episode. You know, that was by far my most successful start of season episode by a long shot. It's already in my top 10 episodes of all time in terms of number of plays. So I'm gearing up for hopefully another fantastic year. And if that's where we start the season, I am ecstatic as to where the rest of the season will go. So thank you all for that. My plans for this weekend, I will be in the Cornhusker state of Nebraska, which we talked a little bit about with Omaha Westside. I'm planning to do the show choir double. I did this one time last year. I went to Colby for the daytime and Green Bay East for the nighttime. And so I'm going to probably catch the prelims at Gretna Primetime and then the finals at Lincoln Links. 
So we'll see if I survive the day after that on Sunday, TBD on whether I'll get a podcast episode out then or not. But as always, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts about the podcast, you can definitely send an email, wishowchoir at gmail.com. You can send the podcast a direct message on Instagram. Memes especially are appreciated there, at wishowchoir. If I have any Nebraskan listeners that are going to be at either Lincoln Links or Gretna Primetime, definitely reach out to me. I'd love to either just meet up and talk with you or perhaps do an interview about Nebraska Show Choir and what the specific brand of Nebraska Show Choir is. So those are the upcoming events in Download Land. Good luck to everybody who's competing at Onalaska or Muscatine this weekend. And with that, this is William Soki saying goodbye until the next Wisconsin Show Choir Download. (laughs) 